We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys and girls, right here at the top, I want to let you know that in just literally two minutes or less, I'm going to be playing on today's episode of Talking Buffalo, a sit-down interview that I did live from Imperial Peace over the weekend with two of my favorite sports media people in the business, former Buffalo Bills pro bowler Eric Wood and WGR Buffalo Bills beat reporter Sal Capaccio, sat down on Imperial, had a great conversation, lots of fun and revealing topics. We talked about sports media. We talked about a Buffalo Bills broadcast, how it was put together, the prep behind it, just kind of growing up as people, injuries, parenting, all kinds of stuff with Eric and Sal. Really good uh, conversation. I enjoyed it immensely, but I want to let you know, and that's why I'm here at the top, that all the stuff we talked about, one thing we didn't was the Buffalo Bills game on Sunday night, a horrifically narrow victory over the New York Giants that, quite frankly, the Bills did not deserve to win. But you're not going to hear about that game on today's show. Much more upbeat. Like I said, a, a fun conversation with Sal and Eric. But I'll tell you this right now, going forward, starting on Tuesday's show, probably for a good majority of the week, we're going to talk about this game and this Buffalo Bills team a lot because they may have won the game. And I get it. A, a win is a win. But there's a lot to be concerned about when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. I'm not happy, and I'm doing this literally five, ten minutes or so after that game just ended. I'm sure a lot of you, if you're being objective about it, you're not happy as well. So there'll be plenty to talk about and to digest throughout the week here. But for today, on today's episode of Talking Buffalo, a much more light and fun conversation, like I said, with two of the best around, Eric Wood and Sal Capaccio. On that note, Let's get to uh, the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo with your host, Patrick Moran. All right. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a special episode of Talking Buffalo Part of the Blue Wire Network. I am here while well, we're recording this anyway, live from Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo. And I am joined by two very special guests today. To my immediate left, my day one guy, man. The very first guest on my first podcast wow. I ever had. Been doing this with me all along. Sal Capaccio, who is on the injury report. Gotta put bit, this out bit. there. 
Voice is not great, so you're on a pitch count, kind of like Vaughn Miller in London. Eric, Eric says the only guy who loses a voice more than him is me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I lose my voice very easily. You put us on a Nashville game where yeah. we both are likely going to be singing a good amount uh, throughout the weekend. We're both going to be on IR by the time the game starts. No doubt. <laughs> and if you're listening and not watching on video, I am also joined by one of my former favorite players. But now I got to start getting more used to calling you one of my favorite media people in the broadcast booth, Eric Wood. What's going on, Eric? How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Pat, always enjoy everything you put out. Uh, I, I think I initially got tuned into your work with the Buffalo Wing Rankings yeah. and was following <laughs> along with that. And then it was the episodes of The Office. And it, was, it, it wasn't it was necessarily the Buffalo sports. Not right. that I'm turned off by that by any means. But <laughs> what, what drew me to you was kind of the off off the beaten path content you're putting out. Well, I, I really do appreciate that. And speaking of wings, we put away a lot of wings here at Imperial before we uh, got going with this show. Good wings, man. These are solid wings. That's what I like to call this place. It's a solid, consistent place. It's not like, you know, everyone talks about 9-11 and all the Barbell and all these elite places, and they are elite. This place is just really solid and really consistent. Yeah, but those places yeah. are very hard to get into. Sure. Uh, it's a, like, it's an occasion. You can come to Imperial with your family and get a table and have great wings and great pizza. Sure. And so... To me, you don't have wings on the menu in Buffalo and survive if they're not good. Like, and by good, I mean good by Buffalo standards, great by national standards. Yeah. And so I, I love Imperial. Yeah. I think the other thing is, too, how many people really think about like a South Buffalo pizzeria as a place that has all these great wings? And it's called Imperial Pizza, yeah. right? But it is. It's a, it's a spot you can go, and the wings are consistent, and they're good, and they're big. I'm, yeah. I'm big on give me fat wings, right? And that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, this is uh this place is a staple in South Buffalo. Like this place, Doc Sullivan's, these are like the two staples here um, in South Buffalo. But anyway, it's great to have both of you here. Not really going to talk much Buffalo Bills. We're taping this, by the way, really late on a, on a Saturday night. Going to drop this early in the week. So the Bills-Giants game already will have been played. So we're not really going to talk about that. I kind of want to talk about some broadcasting and media stuff with both you guys. Um, whether it's doing the game together the on the radio, your own projects as well. I don't want to start with you too, Eric. And by the way, I'm going to try to save sales voice. Because we got to call the game tomorrow. Yeah, as much right. as I can. you got a lot of work to do tomorrow. Um, Eric, so I, I first had you on, and um, it was you were retired, freshly kind of retired. You hadn't even started your job with the Bills in the booth yet. And I remember talking to you even at that time because you had a – you were used to the media because you were on the radio during your career every week and you kind of had a good idea of how the media works. You know what I mean? And you always, right. I always thought you were one of those players who really worked well alongside uh, the media, but talk about like your transition into the booth from say 2019 until now. And just, and you could hear it every time you, you tune into the broadcast, just the comfort level doing these games, like that process of getting comfortable doing it. Well, let me first, you said work alongside with the media. And I think that's really well said. And a lot of players uh, don't approach it like that. Mm -hmm. You don't understand how much of public opinion is skewed, especially by the local media. And so, I mean, my foundation can speak for this now that even I'm done playing and year after year, we have record breaking numbers because of the public opinion that was formed on me by media members in this market. And if you're not willing to work with them, 
especially when you're playing in the longest playoff drought in all of pro sports, then then you're not doing your job. You're not you're not respecting the position you're in, if that makes sense. It, it because, makes a lot of sense. Because you are wearing the Buffalo Bills emblem. You have the NFL shield on your uniform. That's a privilege to play for the Bills. And if you're not respecting that, you're not respecting those that cover you on a day-to-day basis, who's, that's their job as well. And you're not working with them. I, I love how you said that. that. Then you're not doing it correctly. But 2019, I come on with the Bills. I had just signed a deal with ESPN and ACC Network to call games yeah. with them and then got offered the Bills gig. And all I could think of in my mind when I got offered the Bills gig was if I turn this down, it might be 30-something years. So I grew up in Cincinnati. I'm really good friends with him now. But Dave Lapham is still calling games. Yeah. I'm 37 years old. He was calling games when I was five years old. And I've gotten to know him, and I, I absolutely love Dave Lapham. But all I could think was, if someone takes this job, it's not like, hey, let me go work at ESPN for two years and come back. No, they can have it for the next 30 years. And so for me, I said, okay, well, I have to take that one. I've already signed a deal with ESPN. I'll do them both for two years, figure it out, figure out which one I like more. And obviously now I'm still doing the Bills game, and I like this a lot more. Let me ask you, like, your, your comfort level doing it, now compared to then like say you go back and you think a couple years ago just the process your process and how much more comfortable you are now and then after i also want sale to chime in too because you've been alongside seeing eric grow you know as a broadcaster in the booth over these last handful of years so it's so different calling a game on the radio because i feel like my strength as a broadcaster and even as a player was the schemes the x's and o's Mm -hmm. understanding what's coming well that doesn't translate to radio. Now we have so many people that turn into the tune into the broadcast that are also watching the game. And sometimes I'll mention that. Like I know we have viewers that saw that as well, and I'll mention them. Right. But for the most part, you're calling a game on radio. You have to be respectful that people cannot see the game. Well, for me, like I loved when I was with ESPN, drawing on the screen and showing people like this is why this happened. Especially you come out of a commercial break, like this is what made this touchdown happen. And if you're paying attention right now, you're going to be smarter around your buddies the next time because you can say this too. Well, you can do none of that on radio. So it's much more, hey, it's third and seven. Well, I'm not showing like, hey, this might be a pressure they bring or this is what they like to do. It's okay. You know, the Bills are second in the league and third down offense. This Giants team struggles in all areas on defense. You know, it's, it's a different approach. I feel like I've gotten a lot more comfortable with that. I, I think that, you know, watching Eric and, and being alongside of him, I think the biggest thing is, and this is a tough thing to understand when you're in radio, is the timing of when to get in and when to get out because yeah. on TV he can talk over the play, right? You can do that. Right. You can't do that in radio. And not that Eric's ever been bad at it, but I think he is very comfortable in understanding the flow of the game versus when you first came on and when we when those things have to happen. And it's also a transition going from Murph to Chris Brown, obviously. Right. No doubt about that. But I think that's, to me, what I've seen. Like, Eric is super comfortable knowing when he is a, is supposed to talk, when he's supposed to stop talking for the next play to be ready. And because that's different in radio than it is from TV, for sure. It definitely is. And sometimes you just cut off your own thought. Yep. We'll get back to that. Yep. Like, I know it doesn't sound great at that's the right. time, but it's necessary for people to be keeping up with the flow of the game. That's right. Chris has to set up the play. He has to call the current play. If I have a great point to make, I can get right back to it. If it was a crappy point, I probably won't get back to it, but that's okay. You know, and the bills go in and out of no huddle. 
Yeah. Well, we're talking about the Bills 90% of the time. So a lot of times when the Bills are on offense, we're talking about what they're doing. Well, then the Bills all of a sudden get to the line of scrimmage, and I'm talking about why right. Stephon Diggs was got five yards of separation when he really shouldn't have, but he ran such a good route or whatever. Okay, well, that's null and void because the fans need to know what is happening in this moment. And then the same thing can happen if I'm giving a scoreboard. Like I'm doing a scoreboard update. I'm literally watching when they come out of the huddle because if they're still in the huddle, I can give two more scores. Yeah. If they're not, I got to stop it and get it back to the booth because I want to give enough time for Chris to set up the next play to say what's happening. I can't be trampling on the snap, basically. But those scoreboard updates are sponsored. We have to we get have those to in. Get it That's yeah. right. And That's there's, been a, there's been a difference in 2019 and even now with the amount of ad reads we yes. have. I That's mean, right. it is a completely full, sold-out broadcast every time we're on mic. Which is great. I mean, it's a, it's a sure. that that helps GR. It helps the Bills. It helps our salary. It helps everybody. Yeah, that's a great thing. But we've all had to get used to. Okay, Sal has to say scores, even if there's no relevant scores. We're in London. Oh my and god. So Sal, because we have to get score updates. Well, no one else has played except for the Thursday game. So say the Thursday game, and here's who we have coming up. I'm giving what's happening later in the day when we're done. Yeah. Because I got to read it because we have a sponsor. Yeah. Because they have to get it in. I find it kind of funny, Eric. Um, kids who are young now, I still, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've gotten to know you in the last handful of years as a member of the media, and but I still think of you first and foremost as a football player who had a great career with the Buffalo Bills. It's kind of funny seeing some of these younger kids, though, and the older you get and every year you're in the booth and these kids are younger, they'll see Eric Wood and they'll be like, oh, that's the radio guy. That's the guy who's on TV on One Bills Live talking about the Bills. Is that a little bit... Kind of weird for you to, to, to see kids like that saying, hey, he's, he's the media guy. He's okay, not so not only guy. is that kids, that's also guys on the team. That's right. There's like guys True. on the yeah. team that just yeah. know me as the media guy, yeah. know me as the radio guy. And luckily, I played for Sean. Brandon Bean gave me a contract. Aaron Cromer, my own offensive line coach, is back with the Bills. Mm -hmm. So that gives me some street cred when I walk into a team meal, which it's like, yeah. I don't know if we're like, I know I'm allowed to be there because I'm technically a Bills employee, but it's kind of like, it's really gray whether we're supposed to be in these meals. And I'm like, look, you could say anything you want. Like, none of this is getting reported. Sure. Like, I am right. just the radio guy. I got to tell you a funny story. So, on that, so we're in Chicago for the last preseason game, mm -hmm. and Ryan Vandemark was playing, I think, a lot yeah. in that game, right? And he played really well, and Eric was giving him a lot of praise. Well, I had to go get uh, the starting lineups for everybody to announce. And I, I go to Ryan Vandermark and I'm like, hey, Ryan. And I said, you know, my name's Sal. He goes, yeah, I know you are. We started talking. I said, hey, I said, you had a really good game last week. I said, Eric Wood was really giving you a lot of praise on the radio. And I go, do you know Eric? He goes, yeah, I think I've met him a couple of times. Like, I don't think he knew that no. you were the former center. Because no. <laughs> I'm like, because for Eric to say how good he played meant something because he our lineman, but I don't think he understood what I was trying to say to him. Well, and I had just met his dad at Elio DePaulo's. That's amazing. Which, uh, similar to what I was saying earlier, like, if you're nice, you build a relationship yeah. with guys in the media, that helps. So sure. I just met his dad, and, and he did play well. I wouldn't blow smoke, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, sure. because he played well and I just met his dad and loved him, well, now I'm going to really build him up, you know? <laughs> and I, I had talked to Aaron Kroger before the game. That's right. And Aaron was like, no, we really, really like Ryan Vandermark. We really like Alec Anderson. Like these yes. are like uh, not even like fringe players. They are like core backup offensive linemen, future guys that will contribute here. Okay, well, I'm going to talk up those guys on That's air. Right. 
And and Aaron's fine with me saying that. And and guys that have relationships like with Cromer, he could be completely honest with me. I would never say, well, Aaron Cromer thinks this guy stinks, or right. Aaron right. said sure. that he had a really rough week. It's only positives. Like I want to talk up all the guys. Chad Hall, who's now with Jacksonville, yeah. saw him before the game last week. Chad used to always do that for me with the receivers. I would say, hey, tell me who's been playing well in practice with these young guys so I can sound really smart on air. And, you know, you seem like this, pos- you know, it will build these guys up. It's the Isaiah Hodgins. It's yes, those right. guys that are coming up through the preseason. And then, but but a guy like Ryan Vandermark, that, I don't think he knew that Eric was who Eric was when he was here. He just knew that it was nice for him to say that. And yeah, I met him a couple times. And it was kind of funny. Was it when you're in the booth? Missing the game, you're always going to miss playing. I don't care. I'm sure you'll miss it if you're in the booth 20 years from now. You'll still miss playing. But those first, like maybe those two years, was it hard? Was it really hard? And has it gotten a little bit easier now developing and accepting, you know, this is my job, this is my career, this is my life now? Yeah, I mean, I would honestly still be playing football if I could. I I absolutely loved it. Cromer could tell you the same thing. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean would all tell you the same thing. If I could still be playing football, I would. Yeah. Uh, It's just – ingrained in me that I was going to play till the wheels completely fell off. So it was a blessing that my career likely ended when it did because I could still be a functional human sure. being. Uh, I always compare a ga- the game of football like a round of golf. You remember the highs and you crave those and you think about those two really good shots you had and they make you want to go back and you forget about the off-season surgeries and sitting in the basement of my house for months at a time laid up while my wife's just struggling with a newborn, and you forget about all that. Yeah. But, yes, I do miss it. Uh, now people all the time will ask me pregame when we're on the field, standing there, and the guys are running out of the tunnel. Like, do you miss it? I'm like, no, I don't think about it. I'm getting ready to do my job. And so I think it honestly helps that every time that the bills are running out of the tunnel, I'm prepping to do my job, and I'm not thinking about, man, I wish I was in their shoes. I'm thinking about – Hey, here's our intro. Here's our topics coming up. Here's what we got to get in today. Here's my new read I got to get in for the Goodfeet store, whoever it is. That's what I'm thinking about. You're honing your craft, yeah. just like you did that's as a right. player, but now you're doing it in the, as a member of uh, the media. This is a question for both of you. I, I think it would be interesting for fans out there who are listening or watching right now. Kind of take fans inside a little bit of the process. You know, like t- tomorrow night. We're taping a Saturday night, so tomorrow night, whatever. A typical, let's say a typical Sunday 1 p.m. game, okay? Because that, that's, I'm wrong again because we're talking about, we were talking about this over our wings here at Imperial. The Bills never play at 1 o'clock on Sunday anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. A typical 1 o'clock Sunday game. Sure. What, what is your preparation for the game? And you guys have two different roles, obviously, but like how much prep work goes into the week before the game and like what time you arrive at the stadium and what time you got to get set up? Like what's your process like on a, on a game day? Well, the, you go the, first. Cause I want to hear yours. Honestly. Well, the, the first thing is throughout the week, I would say I'm different than Eric because I'm on the radio all week. Sure. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually doing radio shows all week, kind of talking about the team, talking mm-hmm. about last week. I'm going to practice. I'm the beat reporter. Right. So I'm hearing all the sound. I'm getting Sean McDermott. I'm getting Josh Allen. So that in itself is preparation for me. I'm hearing everything they're saying about the opponent. I'm, I'm following the injury report every week. So that really helps itself. Once we get to the weekend, I have to do an article. I have to do a, a keys to the game. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I'll start to think about that kind of thing. But my biggest thing is when I get to the game the next day, I got I usually get there, I would say, five hours before the game. So uh, yeah, uh, 1 o'clock, I'm at 8 o'clock. Got to get there by 8 o'clock. 
I got to do a radio hit at nine o'clock with Jeremy White and Nate Geary. Mm -hmm. And then I host two hours later the round table with Eric and Chris. Yeah. So my preparation is to make sure I have notes for the round table, what I want to talk about. It's generally Bill's offense, Bill's defense, but there's got to be storylines throughout the week. I got to make sure I hit on. So I want to make sure I'm prepped for the round table with them to talk about what's going on during that particular hour. And then Chris Brown will give me three or four bullet points for the first time he throws it down to me pregame, say, this is what I want to talk about during pregame. So I have to be buttoned up on that. So pretty much that's my preparation. And then during the game, we can talk about that later, but it's just the game flow after that. Yeah, so um, one of my biggest things coming into the booth, and especially doing the roundtable with Sal and Chris, because even before it was John, uh, or before John had to step out for Chris, mm -hmm. me, Chris, and Sal did the roundtable, and I refused to not be informed there. Like, I wanted to bring something to the table, whether it was a stat I found, whether it was a stat that the guy who edits my podcast who helps me out with some stuff, whether it's something he found, like mm -hmm. I wanted to bring something to the table where it's not like, Hey, every time we want to talk about what a former player would think about, we'll ask Eric and everything else. Like we'll handle this because I don't even think he's watching this week. Matt Perino stumped Mitch Morris on a question. And finally in the press conference, he was like, actually, I don't even really know how to answer that. That was just a good question. I texted Matt in the moment and Matt's like, I can't believe you listen to these things. I'm like, Honestly, I'm waiting in a line <laughs> at Disney World right now with That's my family, <laughs> and I get a notification every time someone goes to the podium, and if at all possible I can, I tune in right then and pull out the note section of my phone because wow. during the broadcast, if something comes up, I don't want to be like, man, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. It's like, yep. well, Sean brought that up on Thursday, so now you sound like a fool. Most of the people who listen to our broadcast are very informed Bills fans. I will make a fool of myself if I'm not completely engulfed in it. So people ask me, like, how often, how how many hours does it take to prep throughout the week? And I'm like, I don't know exactly because I listen to a certain number of podcasts, like when I'm working out in the morning, I stay in tune to it all day long with notifications on my phone. Anytime someone's going to the podium, right? any articles, I read anything Sal writes so that, you know, if he brings something up or Chris brings something up that he wrote about during the week, so I'm informed about it. So nothing's catching me off guard on game day. And I care about the team. I love the team. So it's something I would I wouldn't do it that to that extent, but I would still follow the team even if I wasn't in this role. And so it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. And then kind of my cheat code for the broadcast is I do pay to get a chart made where it's got so many stats and Sure. everything on it and it's it's pretty awesome what time you guys get to the stadium now in your case you so don't... he said eight i try i get there by 10 now last week there was a snafu or the last bill's home game uh couldn't fly in couldn't get into oh, buffalo yeah, because yeah, of fog yeah. couldn't get into niagara because of fog had to go to rochester there wasn't a car there for us oh wow and we had to wait on a car and so i drive 20 minutes stadium but he, he comes in from louisville from mostly louisville. yeah so it makes it and i different. always get there the night before yes but we were coming with a family that offered to fly us up private and i thought what's the worst that happens you know we're and we were going to get there so early that it wasn't even going to be an issue right except for uh i missed the round table for the first time ever and I was about to have an anxiety attack. That sounds like I'm, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, yeah I get and it. so I'd be the same. I'd be the same. And I and 
everyone was so unbelievably cool about it that it it honestly like it showed me what everyone thinks about me like sal and chris are like no worries buddy we got this i'm like well thank you very much and all my other bosses were like dude no worries this never happened this isn't something that happens weekly but i was i was honestly uh if they would have been like well you need to get here quick uh you know we have replacements i would have been an anxious wreck (laughs) you guys mentioned chris brown a couple times talk about the job he's doing right now because that's Filling in for somebody like Murph, that that's not an easy task, and, it's and, not, I, and, and he's done a great job. And I I know what he thinks about Chris's prep. I'll let him talk about that. But for me, here here's my philosophy. Here's here's what I was when when you are a guy taking over for John. I think you're probably apprehensive, Chris. I want I wanted to make things easier on Chris. I want to make sure Chris knows I'm a team player. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. Like I don't want to make things difficult on you. I want to make things as easy as possible. I love working with John. But this isn't like a against you and for John. This is we're all a team here. Right. You're you're the substitute. You're filling in. You're the backup quarterback. Yeah. I gotta be available. I gotta be here. So anything I can do to make Chris's job easier from the get-go, I wanted him to know that. And I think that now he understands that. Like, not that he didn't necessarily, but I think that we have our relationship has personally grown because I think Chris understands that I'm there to help him and not to wish john murphy was there or something like that right. you know what i mean right sure yeah, yeah. And, and even though i can wish murph unbelievable health and be back in the booth because i miss right one of my best friends right i also think chris has grown tremendously yes i think he's doing an incredible job i think he, not for me i would never give him any criticism because i i think he started light years ahead of the that where i'm even at but from uh, construction cr- constructive criticism he's got He's taken it. He's ran with it. Sure. And I think he's done a great job. I'll tell you this. We were calling a preseason game this year at Pittsburgh, and a third-string DB for Pittsburgh made the play, and without looking down at the spotter pointing at the number, without looking down at his chart, he said his name. And I said, look, we hit a TV timeout, and I said, Chris, that's all I need to know about your preparation that was unbelievable yeah. he i don't even know if that guy was listed on my sheet and i have a professional company that does all the espn guys i got his number from kirk herb street like he does all the game day guys like he he cannot mess up and i don't even know if this guy was listed on my sheet or my chart and chris rattled his name that and i was crazy. like you are prepped brother that That's is right. impressive <laughs> and, he, and he said look Anything I can control before the broadcast, I don't have the experience that some of us do, or especially Merv. But what I can control is knowing the names, prepping for the game, and so that's something I can control. Not his, yeah. not wishing I had thirty more years right. of experience like Merv. His own preparation. That's right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live here from Imperial Pizza, I'm with Sal Capaccio and Eric Wood. You guys both have side projects now, your own shows. Eric, you've had yours for a while. I want to talk with you uh, in a minute about that. Sal, you just, and I apologize. I, I said he's on a pitch count yet. I keep asking you questions right. and give your voice it's going okay. a little bit more. But no, it's a, it's a project that I'm excited about. I watched the first one and I loved it. It's called Sal's House. And you've had, uh, well, just one episode so far, but you had media people at your house and you're talking about topics sort of what we're doing today in a, in a sense. We talk about your lives and your careers and media and stuff like that. But the unique part, the twist that I love the most is that you're at literally doing it in your house. Go yeah. sales house because it's literally in your house. What made you want to start that? Well, like what was the, uh, the, the idea behind doing that? And I really, you know me, I live for these kind of conversations. So I well, love it. Well, first of all, say um, the second half of that first episode is coming out. Okay. So we're two two halves of that first episode, and then it's just going to grow. And it's here. Here's I'm a conversational person like you. I yeah. I want to. I love talking with people. I started a podcast a while back called uh, Sell Sports and stuff, and it just didn't it didn't launch to where I wanted it to. So I couldn't quite figure it out. But I've always wanted to do. I watch like I am athlete. You ever watch I am athlete or the yeah. shop with LeBron James? And what I've always been intrigued by is the intimacy of that. Yeah. with the different camera angles and the different people talking and they're in like these houses or these rooms. I'm like, that's what I want to do. The different camera angles is a big deal for me. I want to mm -hmm. have different, like a close up on a face and somebody's reaction when someone makes right. it, yeah, you know, not, sure. not just one camera, no offense. Right. We all do this. The, all other, right. the other thing is I'm going to be honest with you. This thing we're all doing is so saturated now, as you know, you said it, everybody's got a video cast. Yeah. Everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. Everybody's got their own thing. Yep. I want to do something a little different. A yep. bill, what I mean by is that as a Bills podcast, a yep. Bills video cast. Yep. I'm a Bills guy, but I wanted to do something where I can talk and expand to talk to other people. So this isn't just about I'm gonna have media people on, I'm gonna have athletes on, I'm gonna have I've actually already talked about people going to their house to talk. It's called Sales House, so I'm gonna go to their house to do something very cool. Like a player who has something Sal's cool. Take it over. There you go, right? <laughs> yeah. So so I'll be able to that but the other i just i want to do something a little different because everybody's doing this right i've always wanted to kind of stand out in some other way and this was for my way to do it i love it i i, I really do my attitude is this is i want to hear you talk all the time i'm gonna w general and talk right. we'll talk bills 24 7 so it's nice to have that and eric you've been doing this now you've been quite do you're over 200 episodes now That's i remember amazing. when you launched it rich and incognito episode number one right and now you're over 200 of these and it's that same thing their conversations not just even about not just football a life post career in your case and a lot of athletes cases kind of talk about you do you, this is a rhetorical question and a dumb question but i'm gonna ask you anyway you start you still enjoy doing this it certainly seems and i i catch most of the episodes i do still enjoy doing them and to me what i've learned over those 200 episodes is irreplaceable people ask me all the time what i make off the podcast and we're not going to talk about that on mm -hmm. here, but uh, it wouldn't pay my mortgage. We'll say that. Right. But what I've learned from it, what I've put into a book, tackle what's next. Yeah. To help 
others and some of the feedback I've got from that has been completely invaluable. The people I've gotten to honor uh, by bringing them on the podcast, showing them how I prepared for these podcasts, giving them something from a former teammate of theirs, some story that I looked up and just makes them light up immediately. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of stuff uh, has been so much fun to do. And for me to learn the other end of the microphone has been the biggest thing, honestly. It's as a player, you're so used to a Q&A where you're answering the questions right. and you're never leading the conversation. I go to I go to dinner with so many athletes that can never lead a conversation. Right. And I'm like, and, and I, I want to tell them, like, this is no judgment, but I get it because I was there too. You're so used to sitting down at every dinner conversation, every interview, anywhere you've ever been, and they say, Who's the hardest guy you ever had to block? What's your favorite stadium playing? And you get the same questions over and over, and you're so used to answering those. And it's, hey, what's this week's opponent like? You know, give us something. To learn the other end of the microphone is completely different, for one. And two, that experience is invaluable to where now I can understand, okay, this is a conversational podcast. Here's how you bring up topics. Here's how you ask questions, and here's how you respond. This is now, okay, now I'm doing the pregame coaches interview and no one wants to hear me talk. It's get in, get out, no response. And I started doing those coaches interviews and I was still responding because to me, I had never been coached on any right. of that. They just said interview Sean for the pregame. Well, I was like, oh, that's great, coach. No, no, no. Well, I just wasted seven seconds of Sean McDermott five different times. So I wasted 35 seconds of a five-minute interview doing, you know, Get into the next thing. Well, that's a different side of the mic that I didn't quite understand until I started doing the podcast. Do you feel like doing interviews is also kind of, it gives you, or not even interviews, like conversations with other people. You learn from other people as well. Like I've had great guests on here and maybe whether it's their process or how they handle things. I feel like I'm constantly learning from other people that I'm speaking with. All as well. I want to do in life is learn from others. I, yeah. I literally want to pick people's brains and I almost crave it now, be, uh, mainly because of the podcast, but. I want to know backstories. Where are you from? When we walked up earlier, I said you miss Florida, and I won't tell your answer on air because there's I a do. lot of Buffalo. Yeah, I but do. like I want to, I want to know those things because I just came from Florida. I'm like, man, I could live there, you yeah. know. And I know you moved from there, so yeah. like I want to uh, learn from others. Uh, I got some great advice early in life from someone that said, "Never step on a landmine that someone else already stepped on." Oh wow. Yeah. Learn from people that are further along, whether it's media, whether it's business, whatever it is, learn from others and and you can kind of leapfrog them then. I, I remember telling kids when I coach football, watch watch people who are better than you, what they do. Like watch, learn from them, right? So I try to take that advice. I try to watch and learn and listen to people who have been doing this a long time. And even if I have a different way of going about things, maybe I can pick something up that they do mm -hmm. and say, that's really good. I try to be a really, I try to be a self-corrector. I think I take, I think I take like constructive criticism. Someone says, you say this word too much. You, like, I try to do that. I try to correct myself. I try to be better, but I will tell you that like, as I go on, as I get older, I just turned 50 this year. I actually find myself more and more becoming more curious about things in life. Like, you know what Me I mean? Too. Like I'm, 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 me too. I think I, I think when we're young, we think we know everything. Maybe I don't know what it yeah. is. And I've always I've I've always been kind of someone who wants to learn, but I've I've even become more so. Like I'm curious. Something happens. Let me look that up. I, why why is this happening? What is that about? What's that person? And I think it's really served me well to go forward. But I will tell you, the biggest thing is for me, 
I think because my profile has grown so much here in Buffalo and what I've been with my brand, I get, I, I have become someone who's really gets more joy now out of connecting people. You know, I connect sure. people. And I say, somebody calls me, they, they, they want something to look for something. They need something or they're hoping to get something done. I say, I got somebody who can help you. And I introduce them to somebody who can help them. I like love, an ambassador I love doing that now. So I heard this on my podcast, connected people connect people. That's right. So yeah. you love connecting people and people would probably look at Sal Capaccio and say, man, you're so connected, right? You came to Imperial tonight. And I'm sure you got a good price on your meal, you know, and whatever yep. like that, that that's, I'm right. saying that cause we're sitting here, but that's probably not the best example. But you've connected so many people yeah. that you've become a connected person. Correct. And and that's kind of the beauty of all of this space that we're in. And that's advice for anybody out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, I, I have I have I have a couple of friends in town tonight. Yeah, that, I'm not, they were that, cool people. Man. Well, well, them. I got a couple other friends in town tonight. I'm not going to see but they're actually in town and they were like, hey, we're looking to go out. We're going to go out. So I just I called up a friend and they're going to go to the rooftop. Of it, that I got. I, I got. Yeah, I got you texted the, the owner of one of the right best hotels in Buffalo. And I said I got yeah. a couple friends in, Canada, yeah. and they're like, absolutely. Like that's just the way I, I operate. I and I get joy out of doing that. I I love doing that. You've been here for a while. Right. <laughs> People have been knowing you for a while, so you got it like that now. I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. Um, and I appreciate your time. Again, we're here late at Imperial on a late Saturday. You're fighting a a voice. Eric's been traveling. Been a long week for him. I do without talking about again because this game, this episode is going to drop after they play. I don't want to talk about any football games. But last week in London, I mean, crazy injuries with Milano and Declan Jones. With God, he was playing at such an incredibly high level. Let me start with you, Eric, because you're a former player. How does the locker room? Because you know, fans got their takes on Twitter right after season's over. This and that. by the way, these the Sabres are playing right. That's why we're here. Right. Occasional screaming. And the Islanders just scored. <laughs> oh, did they really? Yeah, but it's being it looked at. Deflection is high being looked at for a high stick. I don't know if they're yeah. going to count it or not. It's going to be close. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so listening back, you're going to be like, no, it got called off. Fans, fans are going to have their instant takes. Sometimes the media does. Content creators, as a player, when you had suffered those type of major injuries i mean incredible players three of them now over the last two games how does the locker room overcome that as players like how do you rally around something like that it has to be hard and then this, i gotta follow this, for is, you this is a really complex answer so you rally around the person mm -hmm. and you do anything you can for them their wife their kids because it's when you get injured it's a it, it affects the entire family so from a locker room standpoint you're doing everything you can for them and this is very insensitive, but even in the moment that Matt Milano, your all-pro linebacker, I mean, just played incredible these last few years. Yeah. As quick as you can move on in it during the game, you do. And you just have to compartmentalize it. And it's so tough in the moment, but you just have to do it. And and that sounds so insensitive, but if Matt Milano was going off the field in the cart, he would tell them to do that. Sure. And so you're trying to compartmentalize it. Uh, from a broadcast standpoint, we're sitting there like, oh, my gosh, they were already shorthanded. Von Miller's on a pitch count. Now you got two of your best players on your defense out. You already have Trey out. Oh, my gosh, these guys are going to get worn down. Bills keep going three and out. What the heck is going on? You kind of see it coming. As a player, and this is maybe this is me playing for Sean McDermott, but it's one play at a time. It's one series at a time. Mm -hmm. Like, whether you're up 20 or down 20, 
the the sideline and what in your adjustments are very similar. You're looking at what happened on the last series. You're talking about what's coming up on the next series. You're talking about the formations, what they showed you against those formations on previous drives. They're showing you pictures of it, and you go do it. There's very rarely a rah-rah speech. You know, we're all pros. We're all into it. Yeah. Especially with McDermott. If you're not into it, you're going to be gone and bean. Like, those guys have extreme accountability nowadays. And so – these injuries are awful what they've dealt with on defense, but generally one side of the ball is going to get dinged up more than the other, and the other side has to carry the weight. In the last game against the Jaguars, the offense didn't, and right. they took the accountability for it. That's right. They gave up 25 points, but when you're out, as many guys as they are, 25 points, especially since seven of them were late, like that's not an insurmountable amount of points. Sure. And, and the offense took accountability for it after the game. Um, Sal, you know, when you cover a team and you're in a locker room all the time, you develop relationships to some extent with these players, some more, I'm sure, than others. When you see somebody like Trey White, what happened to him? And, you know, I, I see these injuries. And they make, like Milano, Daquan Jones, it makes me sick to think about it as a Bills fan. But something, I don't know what it was, but when Trey went down and it's just his emotion on the field, it was almost like heartbreaking. Like, I literally like, right I had a little, little bit of it water was. in my eye. I'm not going to lie about it. But then they kind of even – they're, you're not a robot. They're not robots. You get to know these guys. It's kind of it's heartbreaking for a, a beat reporter who covers the team. It is. It is. See a guy like him, a person like him. It is. But, you know, I'm going to tell you, I the, the best example of this will actually be DeMar Hamlin for me. Mm-hmm. When DeMar was down and everything was going on, you knew and I knew what was happening. But in that moment, I have to do my job. Yeah. Right. And in that moment, I have to be the eyes and the ears for everybody listening. I have to be the conduit to actually what's happening on the field for everybody. So I have to remain and and remind myself of that. At the same time, I know in my head, like, this sucks. I hate this. You know, and and Trey White, I could see what was happening. I knew it was awful, but I have to remember I have a job to do to describe exactly what's happening. And then when it's all said and done, then you kind of let that that part of it creep in and understand. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you wish you could – you know, you, you want to go up into, oh, my God, it, the, the human humanity side yeah. comes out. And it's not like, again, not trying to be a robot, but I have to remember, just like Eric did that night in Cincinnati, we have a job to do, and we have to tell everybody what's going on because that's our primary responsibility before anything. Sure, and you're on the job in yep. real time, but after the game or whatever. Oh, man. Your heart breaks, doesn't it? Of I course. mean. Fans are thinking about the team. Like, team's done. Team's done. You know, this and that. I'm but like, some people don't. Trey Listen, worked so hard to get but, back to where he was. It's but just, some people don't. I will yeah. tell you, there are a lot of people in our industry who would say, like, that's just you. That's the job. You cover it. Like, guys get hurt. Move on and whatever. I, I, and we know I, what we're signing up for. That's right. But there's, I, I'll tell you, I mean, that Miami game was so sweet to call. And my kids are at the game. They're in the booth after the game. Yeah. And, and I, I almost couldn't fully appreciate it. We talked about this just because I had been in Trey's shoes. Yeah. Like to where I rehab from an injury for what seemed like forever and you get hurt again. Mm-hmm. And you're not the injury prone guy. I never was. Right. And then all of a sudden you are. And it's a very, very tough feeling. And so I can put myself in his shoes. And it was it was hard for me to even enjoy the Miami game to the pool. Because of the Trey White injury. Same thing with Thanksgiving last year when Vaughn went, went down. I, and, yeah. and the year before that, Thanksgiving, I Trey felt the same down. way. It's like, 
after the game, even the questions of the players in the locker room were more about that than the win, right? Even the questions about yeah. losing their player. So, yes, to go back to what you said, though, I, I felt horrible. I still feel horrible. I feel really bad for Matt Milano. I've gotten to know Matt and his family really well over the mm -hmm. last several years, and they're great people, and I just feel so awful for him and what he's going through it's, uh, even before I feel for the Buffalo Bills. And what Matt as a player has developed into is unbelievable. <laughs> he was a pretty good player at Boston College with good measurables. His position coach is legitimately one of my best friends at wow. Boston College. Ricky Brown, he's now at Navy. Uh, he was at the uh, the commander's game with his son. Okay. Drove in for it. Yeah. Uh, and when Matt Milano got drafted by the Bills, he was like, you will absolutely love Matt. He will definitely start on special teams. Hmm. Now, he wasn't saying he couldn't develop into okay. He's like, no, he's an athlete. He's like, saying he's, he's, he's an athlete. Play. He's, he's going to play right away. But he was like, he will he will play immediately on special yep. teams. Not all fifth rounders may even make. Was he fifth or sixth? Fifth. 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 So not all fifth rounders even make the team. That's right. And so he was saying like, no, no, he's going to play. So it wasn't a knock on him, but this is an all pro, not a pro bowler. I was a pro bowler. Yeah. Matt was all pro. I love when people always introduce me as an all pro. I was like, I actually wasn't all pro. <laughs> Just thank a pro. you. It's all Only a pro bowler. But there's a difference. Sure. There's a difference. Last question here. Two actually questions here for, for former pro bowler Eric Wood. <laughs> Does it bother you, both of you, actually, the national media perspective? Like, what's going on with Stefan Diggs right now on a national level? Like, Josh explained why he was mad. And then you see somebody like Shannon Sharp, you know, and these, Michael Irvin a couple weeks ago. They're not plugged into this team. They don't know anything, basically. Stephen A. Smith as well. Doesn't it get under your skin, especially as a former player a little bit? I suppose it comes with the territory to some extent. But it's like everything this guy does, it's like the media, the national media, I should say, they want to get after him. All right, here's the deal. And this isn't like some huge hot take. This is what it is. Buffalo is a small market team with big market exposure right now. Mm -hmm. And if you hate on the bills right now and you pick at them, then you don't catch the grief as you do if you pick on a New York or a Dallas or an L.A. team. Okay. And so, in my opinion... It's very easy in the offseason to take shots at Josh or shots at Diggs and because you're getting that attention and and you're getting a ton of attention on social media without upsetting a big market, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not hurting your brand as much uh, with ESPN, but you're going to catch a ton of ratings on social media. And I think a lot of people love talking about the Bills because Bill's mafia is so invested. Yeah, yeah triggered sometimes, right? When They're so very triggered. I mean, I'm yeah. triggered. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also never played with Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate when Josh gives clarity because I don't know the situation. I also never overstep boundaries to text Josh or text Brandon Bean and say, hey, what's going on? People kept this offseason. Everyone was asking me, man, Brandon Bean and Josh Allen stayed at your house. What's going on with Diggs? And I said, I have no idea. I never asked him. They're like, you never asked him in three days? I said, no, I yeah. would never do that because, and I said, honestly, it compromises my job yeah, a little bit because I, I, my right. wife will tell you I'm the worst liar ever. 
And so for me, if they're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Like, they're like, you do know. So I would rather just never cross that boundary. That's just respect. You have respect for them. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And and you know what? If they brought it up, then I wouldn't bring it up. But they didn't. So I won't. Right. Um, I would say, does it bother me? Sure. What bothers me more is the fact that I have to talk about it and respond to that stuff. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to cover football. Right. I don't I don't want to talk about that stuff. And like it's out there and we got to do it. And every single every single radio show we went on, every single how many we get asked about it. And I just hated being asked about it all the time. But I understand. And that's that's their job. But I'd just rather talk about the Buffalo Bills on the field than all that stuff. And when the Bills were in the longest playoff in all of pro sports, longest playoff drought in all of pro sports, Doug Marone at one point said, Eric, if you break another helmet on the sideline, you cannot be our captain because you're an absolute hothead. I got in more fights with people in practice. I constantly I, – I broke – so we used to have just the pictures, and I would throw the books. Now they have the tablets. Yes. And I threw one of those, and they're like, well, you're going to have to start paying for those. <laughs> and so before there was stuff on digs, there was an Eric That's Wood. That's amazing. But no one cared about the bills at the time, and right. I was the center and not – one of the top three receivers in all of the NFL. That's right. And so it gets blown out of proportion because he's so dang good. Right. And the Bills are so good. I mean, the Bills offense since 2020 averages the most points in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could talk about how good the Chiefs have been. In primetime, Josh is the highest rated quarterback in NFL history. He was heading into the Jets game. It may yep. have shifted now. Sure. But in prime time, he was the highest heading into the Jets game. I'm not sure what it is now. Was the highest rated quarterback in prime time in NFL history. And so when they show up under the lights and everyone's watching, the Bills are really good. And so they catch a ton of attention now. And people love digging at that small market Buffalo that we don't we don't know if they're good. And they lost to the Bengals and we could go we could go down another rabbit hole that we're not going to go down. <laughs> Last question here, and I'm going to let you guys go. And not even a football question. I've come to know both you and, and like you just as human beings. And we're sitting at this table here at Imperial getting older. How much is parenthood changing? Because this is one thing that I'm kind of envious. You you both have younger children. Um, Matt Perino's another one. He's got two young kids. And my kids are like adults now. They're not even kids anymore. My son's going to be 21 in a couple months. My daughter's 25. Just, and I get envious of not even, I'm not even envious of like all your success in, in your careers, which is awesome. I'm more envious now than anything else. And you got kids that are, you know, they're just getting started with whatever it is they're going to do in life, sports, art, dance, whatever, music, whatever it may end up being. How much has like parenthood changed you, you think, over the last let me, let me go first on this, Pat. I respect you more than I even did beforehand because like when guys get married and they're like, oh, here comes the old ball and chain. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could possibly say. Marriage is the best thing ever. And when people are like, oh, my gosh, kids, they'll dominate your life. They'll ruin your life. It's and like, no, it just gets better and better. That's so right. I respect you more than I ever did. The fact that you preface the question like that, that you wish you were in our shoes. Um, I don't know how it's changed because I wasn't I don't like. A Josh Reed would be great to ask that question because he's got an older son yeah. and then three young kids. Uh, for me, uh, parenting is the greatest thing ever. Uh, we have created a healthy boundary with screens. Now, my kids are five and eight, so it's a yeah. lot easier than most. We've created a healthy boundary where our kids look forward to screens. So we just got back from Disney. Well, 
our kids on planes are great. They get their iPads. Well, they never get their iPad at home. If we go to a nice dinner and me and my wife want to turn it into a date night, you want your iPads? You know, so we can, we can do that. Yeah. Yep. But we we try to create a healthy relationship with screens, which I think is the biggest thing. And that'll be the big. I mean, my oldest is my daughter. She's only eight. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's going to be social media, a cell phone, and all that. And we're going to have to conquer that hurdle. Max is I'm there now. 12. He's nine, turning 10, and I just got him a phone. <laughs> Max, Max he looks like phone. he's twelve with that. He has grown a lot, dude. He has. In, I just, we just got him a phone. That was fifth grade. I knew. How no, that's all right. But he's, but he, he's. But I just saw him, and he looks twelve. And, and he does look twelve. But he, he, you know what he does? He, he has a phone. We got him one. Yeah. He texts us when he's on the bus. Lets us know when he got to school. And like, does he, it? Does it? Is it one of those phones that has the like guardrails in it or no? He's we, got a full well, on we, iPhone. No, it's he has a full on iPhone. But we, we, you know check it and everything and make sure but here's what i do i tell him like i don't get it don't do this don't do that i allow him to have the space to do the things if something happens hey that's not what we do with it because i want him to know that the more we can trust you the more Mm -hmm. we can do to trust i want him to understand that like he has the ability to do this stuff because then he feels like hey as long as i'm doing it right you know what you know what i mean if your parents say i'm gonna let you have to deal with that I, if I'm gonna let you no, stay out not late, not to the right? same extent. Not to the same extent. No, no. it's like when you were growing up and your parents said, "You want to stay out later? Just show me you can handle it." Yeah. You want a phone? Show me you can handle it. Right. Show me you know how to use it. Things like that. Max is super now, super into card collecting. Major into card collecting. I love it. We take him to Dave and Adams. We go places. I buy him cards. We rip together. I help him organize the cards. He learns. He reads the back of the cards and learns. So we're all in, we're into this kind of stuff together. That's super cool. He obviously loves sports, but you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. Like I, I just want to show him that like all these things are awesome, and I don't want to restrict you from loving these things and having these things. Sure, it's all about trust and things yeah. like that. I just uh, I don't know. My kids are my best friends, and I yeah, right. I, I truly mean that. that. And, it, and, and you're at the point now where you can be friends with them. If you're yeah. friends with them too soon, you won't be friends with them late. That's right. I was. Someone told me that on the podcast. I tell you, I learned all this stuff in the podcast. Someone said if you're friends with your kids too early, like friends, not teaching them, then you won't be friends with them later. Because well, go down the path you path. Probably, I don't know if you still do, but we're at the age. I still wrestle with my son. He still wrestles oh, with yeah. his kids, right? He'll beat the shit yeah. out of me. You see my son. <laughs> exactly. <dude>. Exactly. <laughs> right, guys, that's well, I saw his highlight it. films knocking people's heads off as a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Himself. That was that was a that was a good time. And he's turning 21 in less than two months. I can't wait to be able to come to, like, say, Imperial and be able to sit down at the say, bar, have a bucket of Miller Lights with him. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you very much for watching or for listening. Eric Woods, Sal Capaccio, I'm Patrick Moran. Thank you very much. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.